Hello, I'm Neil Whelan, and welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast. This time out, Laura White is back in the interviewer's chair to talk to Wesleyan Financial Services Specialist Financial Advisor, Simon Cosgrove, about how dentists might be able to speed up their retirement process. They'll be throwing a spotlight on what options are available, the considerations for practice principals and partners, tax efficiencies, and, importantly, the risks, but also opportunities. As always, I have to point out that this podcast is for information only and isn't financial advice. For that, you'll need to talk to a qualified financial advisor, and I'll be back at the end to give you details about how to do that. But for now, I'm going to hand you over to Simon, and first up, Laura. Thanks for joining us on our latest podcast, Simon. It's great to have you here. So just to start us off briefly, what are some key considerations for fast-tracking your retirement plans? I think probably, the, ironically, the best way of fast-tracking is with good planning. And I know that might be a bit of a dichotomy because fast-tracking things doesn't tend to involve a lot of planning. Um, but just being in a position to um, to know exactly what you're entitled to as a pension, um, to know whether that's going to be sufficient for your retirement, because everyone's standard of living is different. Some people in retirement want to travel the world and do lots of things, and some people are happy just pottering around the garden and spending time with grandchildren. So don't necessarily aim for the biggest pension you possibly can. Aim for the right pension for you and your standard of living, because your main years of expenditure are going to be probably the first 10 to 15 years of retirement and then after that expenditure tends to drop off so in terms of fast tracking the retirement plans just be aware of your level of income that's right for you um, and know what you've got in place to provide that income in the most tax efficient way possible okay that's really interesting so I guess there's going to be some sort of key implications that might be different, whether you're a private dentist or an NHS dentist. Can you kind of just uh, kind of lay those out? Yeah, so NHS dentists are going to have the NHS pension scheme. I, mean, I would say that most dentists have probably got the NHS pension scheme in, in some size or another. Obviously, most dentists would start with the NHS, so they might have just a couple of years from the beginning of their career but that will have increased by inflation over the years. So some NHS dentists will have big NHS pensions. A lot of dentists who have gone private over the years um, or increased their private income is, are gonna have a good combination. And that gives them in some ways a lot more flexibility because they can take the NHS pension and then choose when how much or even if they access their private pensions because they don't always need to. Just referring to the previous question is that it depends on your level of income and also your situation. Um, the overarching implication or consideration for, for whether you're private or NHS is the lifetime allowance which is the most that you're allowed to hold in pensions without there being a tax charge at retirement. So if you're in the NHS pension scheme, a lot of dentists who've been in the NHS throughout their whole career are falling foul of the lifetime allowance just by being a member of the scheme. So they find a tax charge at retirement, which is taken as a reduction in their pension at retirement. Um, they find that they're just hitting that just by being a member. Private dentists have that flexibility. So they'll have the NHS pension and you should always take the NHS pension first because if there are going to be any tax charges, you want them coming out of any personal pensions 
because actuarially it works out better and you've also got more control um, in terms of how and how much you access. So that's one of the big considerations for, for both. With the NHS pension, there is a little bit of flexibility because you can choose the level of tax-free cash that you can take. So it depends on which scheme that you're in. Um, some schemes, you get an automatic um, tax-free lump sum, which is the 1995 scheme. With the 2008 and the 2015 schemes, you don't automatically get a tax-free lump sum, but you can choose to have one. If you choose to have a tax-free lump sum or increase it, which you've got the, the option to do in the 95 scheme, it actually reduces your measurement against the lifetime allowance. So a lot of dentists increase the level of tax-free lump sum that they take because it reduces the measurement of their overall pension pot against the lifetime allowance. Okay, so kind of moving on from that point a little bit, um, I guess for, from a, the point of view of a principal dentist, what, what is the, the impact on kind of retirement planning when you own a practice and you need to sell it? The practice is going to be a huge asset as far as retirement is concerned um, because there's going to be funds coming from that. So we find that a lot of principals can use the, the proceeds from the sale to fund their retirement and sometimes they don't even touch their pensions. Um, once again, depends on the level of income. So one of the things to consider, one of the main things to consider is back to the planning aspect of things, is if you're planning to retire at the age of 60, then you really need to start thinking about how you're going to sell a practice at least a couple of years before that, because it takes time. It's like buying and selling a house, it takes time. It doesn't just go through overnight. So just making sure that you've got a buyer in place, the practice is valued fairly, and in line with your expectations and then just speaking to someone to to try and work out how that can create income if income is needed you could take income from your pensions and you could use the lump sum from the practice sale just as um, capital to support the family going forward the other thing you need to be careful of is, is inheritance tax planning as well um, so it needs to be invested either for income or and also being aware of inheritance tax at that time. So just planning well in advance of your retirement age as far as practice principles are concerned and then what to do with the funds when they retire. Okay, so in terms of like common pitfalls then when it comes into like timelines for retirement, I'm guessing for principal dentists that have a practice is there any kind of risks as well associated with owning a practice and using your practice alone as your retirement fund? Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's a huge problem just using your practice. It's not particularly tax efficient because one of the benefits of pensions, whether you're in the NHS pension or whether you're paying into a private pension, is the tax efficiency of it. So every time you make a contribution, you get tax relief on that. If you're in the NHS pension scheme, it reduces your taxable income. If you pay into a pension scheme, then you automatically get 20% uplift on any contribution that you make. And then you're allowed to take 25% of your fund tax-free at retirement. So pensions still remain the most tax-efficient way of saving for retirement. So I would say 
if at all possible, always make sure you're making the full use of your allowances that you can, because that's going to be a pension fund that will sit there. The other benefit of pension planning is pensions tend to sit outside of your estate for inheritance tax planning. So in the event of your death, pensions don't form part of the estate, whereas with dental practices, if suddenly funds coming in, now there are allowances that can be used, um, but there's suddenly got huge lump sums coming into, um, into the estate, which can then, you could lose 40% of it in the event of your death. So it's just careful planning. So I would say, yes, use the practice by all means, because that can create income and capital for retirement. Um, the good thing about a pension is if you buy an annuity with a pension, it lasts no matter how long you live, whereas other funds can run out. So it's having the balance between paying into a pension, which is extremely tax efficient, um, and just having a lump sum from the from the practice sale. Oh, that's great, thank you. So any last words of wisdom? Um, probably three. Plan, plan, plan. Know exactly what you're entitled to, what you've got in place. Think about what you want to do in retirement, because a lot of your expenses are going to change when you retire, whether it's an increase or a decrease in fuel for the car, more traveling, um, seeing more of the kids, seeing less of the kids, whichever, you, however you want to spend your retirement, just make sure that you've got enough there to last as long as you are likely to live. And some people have retired for 30, 40 years, which is almost as long as they worked for. So it can be a long time. Um, so just make sure that you sit down. Um, there are cash flow analyses that you could that you could run with a financial advisor, and they can talk you through um, the best way of funding the retirement that you want. And that's our show for this week. Thank you to Laura and Simon. If after that you're thinking, yeah, I'd like to talk to a financial advisor to find out more, you can go to wesleyan.co.uk, where you can book a no-obligation appointment with one of our specialist financial advisors. If you want to know more about Wesley more generally, you can find us on Twitter at Wesleyan, as well as by searching for us across Facebook, Instagram, and of course, LinkedIn. And to listen to past and future episodes of the podcast, you can like and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Podbean. But that's it for now. So until next time, thanks for listening.